Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We're your hosts, Stephen and Kyle, and we want to thank you all for tuning in and hanging out with us tonight. And thank you all for telling your friends, all your weirdo friends, about us. Kyle, how's your day going? Ugh, it fucking bad. sucks. Why is that, Kyle? Because this morning, uh, the kid decided he wanted some donuts. Me and the wife wanted some Hardee's. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go get us something. I'm driving down the street, and I get fucking T-boned. Ooh. Yep, and last weekend I spent about three, $400 working on my Jeep, and now this week it's destroyed. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah, it fucking sucks. My neck hurts and my shoulder hurts. But here I am, recording episodes for all you peeps. Hell yeah, brother. It's what we do. Powering through. Yep. My dog got hit by a truck today. Also, that fucking sucks. It was totally by accident, and... She ran right out in front of him, luckily. Weren't going very fast. Just gave her a little roll, a little scratch. But she's doing good. I'm glad. I like old Frankie. She's a trooper. She's a sweet dog. Yeah, but now that we got our life stories out of the way, Kyle is going to take you into this MK Ultra conspiracy. So get yourself ready for that shit. Hell yeah. It's about to get fucking weird. Always. But, <laughs> but before that, we got to get through the business, so Fucking bear with business. us. Join us at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, search up the Hollow Sky Podcast, and we're going to be there. We will. Come over, share memes at the Facebook group anyway, or wherever the fuck you want to do it. Yeah. Share memes, share stories, just hang out, be social. It's a place for us to all kind of cut loose and have a good time, share weird shit you see in the news. Um, speaking of which, if you get any beans, don't plant them. Yeah, it's really fucking strange. Yeah, I was going to talk about that, but it's not enough to make an episode. So apparently people are getting beans from Asia. China? China? Is it China? Japan? I don't know. I don't, don't want to get wrong. China. Somewhere. Somewhere. And nobody knows why. If it's a marketing scam, if it's uh, introducing invasive species, which is... I mean, I guess that could cause... Hopefully it's aliens. It could, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I should have pictured Stephen King the other day, and he was all covered in plant stuff. Says, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Don't plant these beans. And it says, me. Planting these beans. beans. Anyway, check us out on all our social medias. Come and hang out. It's cool. It's fun. For show. It's a fun little interaction we have. Um, if you have a personal encounter you'd like to share, Kyle's going to tell you how to do it. 
you can call the hotline even though we're probably going to cancel it which we probably will so with that being said just go ahead and use the memo recording app on your smartphone record your stories then shoot it over to the email which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com or you can simply just type out a story and email it to us you can go on facebook instagram twitter wherever you want to leave it and we are currently opening up a discussion on reddit so anybody that is on reddit and wants to leave their stories or like steve has previously stated share memes talk news whatever it is you can hit us up there too yeah you redditors just hop on over to r slash hollow sky podcast and that's our little corner of that area so yeah, you can a, come over there and hang out with us if that's your preferred uh, social media platform it's a very interesting place i'm enjoying reddit yeah it's pretty dope yeah um if you listen to us on apple or itunes podcast uh, app you can hop on over there and leave us a five-star rating and review it is it is the biggest help we can get it helps us push uh, the hollow sky podcast kind of up th- kind of elevate us in the world of podcasts and make us easier to find um, if you do that, we will gladly shout out your five-star rating and review. But today, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Uh, area of social media we don't talk about much, but we still appreciate just as much as everybody else's YouTube. Absolutely. It's kind of a harder platform to interact with. Almost, I guess not really, but it kind of is. And I'll be the first to admit that I don't do a very good job of it, so I apologize to all, my, all our YouTubers out there. But we got an awesome rating in a comment from YouTube, and I just want to take the time to shout it out. So this is from our friend Morgan. It says, listening all the way over in South Island of New Zealand, by far the best podcast I've ever listened to. I've, I drive milk tankers at night and day, and your podcast makes it feel like I'm having a conversation with a couple of mates while driving down the road. Cannot recommend this enough. Keep up the good work. Thumbs up emoji. Five-star rating is not enough, so I'm going to go with a solid 10 stars. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That I, is I so meet dope. Your, I meet your thumbs up emoji with the, the hang loose emoji. Yeah, and I'm going to give you the metal sign emoji. There you go. I just, I know I say it a lot when we get uh, ratings from across the world. Like, yeah. that. I looked it up. Like, when when it was said that they were from New Zealand and South Island, I looked it up. That's 8,500 miles away from here. Fuck That's that. fucking nuts. It is nuts, but... I specifically read that one as well before we even talked about talking about this tonight and I just got me thinking I'm like you know what I'm I'm pretty fucking proud of what me and Steve have put together here because not only are we kind of sharing the truth trying to find it we're in a nutshell modern day explorers we think outside the box but all that pushed aside we've created this small little community of open-minded people of dope ass people. Yeah, and it's just really cool to think that like that guy, he he's driving tankers and it helps him get through the night or the day. And make you know, we make you guys feel at home. I don't know, it's just really fucking humbling. Yeah, it's to awesome. have you guys reach out to us and tell us that shit. And we try to do as good of a a job as we can do and then we try to get back to all of you as much as we can. We talk about you on the podcast. And that's what we've always wanted. That's what we wanted from the beginning is to have you guys just a, as big of a part of the show as we are and just make everybody feel at home. That, that's our, always been our goal, and it seems like we're relatively achieving that goal. Yeah, definitely. You guys are like the backbone of the show. For you sure. Know? You guys help us move forward. You send us all your messages and stuff and that and your stories. And it, getting little things like that just really make it all worthwhile you know oh yeah knowing that we're falling on ears that appreciate us are pretty dope yeah it's fucking weird that just a guy from new york wants to take us out to dinner yeah wants to just hang out like yeah just kick it it's just weird anyway we're we're rambling um i have another shout out i wanted to do um this is a youtube content creator that recently uh shared one of our personal experiences on his youtube channel so if you guys are into YouTube and like to listen to paranormal stuff, uh, creepypastas and shit like that, uh, the YouTube page, As the Raven Dreams, hop over there and check out his channel. Um, it's growing pretty quick, so you might want to get ahead of the curve on that one. 
hop over there and let them tell you some creepy shit. So thanks for the shout out and uh, just returning the favor. Yeah. Support independent Appreciate it. creators. So Fuck how about that yeah. MK Ultra dog? So how about that MK Ultra? It's fucking strange. I can tell you that much. Well, you know what is first? What? Our listener experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pump the brakes, dog. Er, er, skirt McGirt. <laughs> so here we go. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, I figured I would share a short story with you guys. Um, so this goes back to 2011. I was at a place that... Um, basically what had what had happened is completely out of the norm for the place that I was at um so I was drinking um you know around that age I uh would drink sociably you know um on the weekends so I'm there I'm probably I'd say two or three shots in and uh I'm tipsy but I'm still fine so I'm on my way to the bar to go get another shot. And as I'm coming back to meet up with the group that I was with, this guy comes up to me and he stops me and says, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. And he, he said, did your mom pass away? And I looked at him and I said, yeah, how do you know that? He said, this has never happened to me before. But she wanted me to tell you that she's okay and that she heard the song that you made for her. And immediately, I just was so uncomfortable. I I started crying, um, to be honest with you, because totally caught me off guard. It's a weekend. I'm out having a good time. Not what I expected. The weird thing is, is that Back in 2007, my mom did pass away. Back in 2008, I had written a song for her that the only people that ever heard it was my immediate family. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty weird. And, uh, the dude apologized. You know, he's like, I didn't mean to do that. You know, the people I was with were pretty upset that he did that, you know, and I was trying to explain to them, like, it's okay. He didn't. He didn't do anything. But yeah, I figured uh, it's a co- cool story. It's short. Um, hopefully, you guys liked it. And if it's okay, I want to plug my uh, my paranormal group. So if you go on Facebook and you search Project Paranormal VA, uh, you should find us there. Same as YouTube. It's just Project Paranormal. The logo for both pages is it's a white background and it's two p's in the position of a cross um so yeah if that's cool i i would appreciate it also i messaged you guys a little while back and uh offered to to come on the show and and do like an interview style thing because i've got a lot of stories and a lot of crazy things that have happened but yeah stay weird matt thank you so much for uh submitting your story it's um I'm going to go off on a couple tangents here. Let's go. First off, I, I'm i a pretty big skeptic, right? An open-minded skeptic. But the more I look into it, the more that I believe that the energy that we leave behind is sentient, if that makes sense. Like, it can think and it can interact. And it's... <sighs> basically a ghost for lack of better terms and i feel i've been watching documentaries and um interestingly enough i'm thinking about getting a spirit box which i know some people think that's like quackery and this and that but the more i look into it the cooler i think it is um and i definitely believe that our loved ones when they have the opportunity do try to let us know that they are okay Um, Like I shared this story about the pennies from my grandfather. Uh, My mom actually has two interesting encounters, so to speak, about her past loved ones. I don't know. I may have talked about them before, but we had an aunt that passed away. 
and her and my mom were pretty close and my mom we had an old uh uh answering machine yeah the one that's got the you just recorded on the cassette tapes and shit and we got a message from our aunt a couple days after she passed and my mom's name's robin she goes robin just letting you know i'm all right and that was it on the answering machine in in those were in words close to that i don't remember what it was specifically because i was pretty young but then she had another uh encounter where she was seeing a psychic and they were asking her about her grandmother who she was also close to and they uh said she just wants you to know that you need to get your ducks in a row and i guess this was something my grandmother would say to her all the time and like she gets emotional when she talks about it so i do definitely think that they can interact with us and contact us the best way they can and sometimes i feel like they use other people to do so so i that is definitely an awesome story and i do feel like your mom acknowledged the song that you wrote for her so yeah, I think I, I'm with Steve here, and I think that it's it's awesome to hear stories like this because it's like I've said it before, it's it's heartwarming. It truly is heartwarming. It it gives you maybe a sense of closure and at the same time comfort knowing that your love your specific loved one is reaching out and just basically letting you know like, hey, I'm okay and I like in your case I appreciate the song that you wrote for me. And it's almost like, you know, they're still here listening and paying attention to us grow up and and live life. Yeah, just just letting you know they're still they're still watching. Yeah, it's comforting. And then going on on a little tangent here, we don't mind that you shout your shit out at all. No, definitely whatsoever. please do. Uh, it's actually really fucking annoying when everybody else shuts everything down. Because it's almost like, hey, they're thinking, let's corner the fucking market and be dicks in nicely put. Yeah. Um, but me and Steve, you know, we we're grassrooting our 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 stuff here, and we understand and support everybody else. You know, th- this pie is big enough for all of us to share. Exactly. And why not help each other? I mean, it's kind of foolish to be dicks, and that's we're, one of my new life mottos: is don't be a dick. And we're we're all in we're all independent in this, you know. We're yeah. all creating shit from the ground up. So why not help build everybody else up? Yeah, exactly. You know why why should just a a section of already established people corner the market? You know what I mean? Like yeah. like celebrities and shit that it's are starting foolish. podcasts, that are starting YouTube channels. You need to support. Uh, independent creators and independent explorers and independent investigators and absolutely that's where uh crux of all the new information and evidence we get is going to come from so i'm strongly pushing that you'll hear that a lot in episodes coming forward so get yourself prepared for that yeah yeah and as far as the episode goes we did not forget about you we were dragging our feet a little bit trying to get set up to where we can actually interview and we're me personally i'm kind of nervous about doing it i'm not that's kind of a step away from what, like just me and Kyle hanging out. I'm I'm pretty excited, other than the fact that. And we didn't forget you. We definitely yeah, want to get you on and hear your stories for sure, man. We've got a couple other paranormal investigators that are interested in talking about their stories, and I'd like to compare them. And you know, if we get it set up, we can even do a roundtable with paranormal investigators where yeah, you guys can sweet. share your stories at the same time. We did not forget. We promise. Yeah. And we're we will get our shit together. We will get our ducks in a row, as Eventually. they say eventually and you'll we will gladly have you on and For do sure. an episode because we're excited to hear your story or more of your stories especially your investigative investigative stories and just letting you know we didn't forget nope not at all so thanks again for taking the time to uh send the send your story in yeah we appreciate it a yeah. lot so on to mk ultra on to mk ultra it's a it's a pretty windy road and it gets a little fucking crazy really some of the stuff that i found almost like the quotes that i found damn near shaky to the core what does mk stand for michael keaton probably i'm not 100 percent sure but i I mean if i was a a betting man he was batman yeah i mean and batman's a shady character i mean i like batman and shady characters kind of go hand in hand with conspiracies which goes hand in hand 
with MK Ultra, which is full circle. Michael Keaton created MK Ultra. Why he was playing Batman? Well, episode done. See Solved. you guys later. <laughs> All right, but to get serious here, uh, in 1953, the director of the CIA, Alan Dules, approved the project known as MK Ultra. This program, where they wanted to, they the whole purpose of the project was to try to understand different forms of mind control and supposedly the reason why they started this program was because they had caught rumors that russia and korea and china were working on this type of stuff and so with that all being said the united states said we start we need to start looking into this and try to form a type of defense against this stuff. And then, of course, after they were to master the defense, they would start using it for offense. They thought that Korea, or shortly after the Korean War, there were Americans that were coming home and they were willingly confessing to war crimes, such as germ warfare, and some of the POWs, they weren't even trying to, to come home. They wanted to stay where they were at. They were All they were doing was repeating the, the communist propaganda. And they're like, yeah, we're good where we're at. So basically, the United States was like, well, these guys have got to be under some type of mind control. Because there's no reason why you wouldn't want to come home after being tortured and being a prisoner of war. They were also worried about this project being done across the world. Because at the time, which is fucking crazy, the Soviet Union literally tried to buy the world supply of LSD. The whole... The damn. entire world supply. Maybe they're going to have a big... Uh, like a big rave? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Electronic dance music festival. That'd be awesome. The Soviet Union. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a man known as Signy... Gottlieb, he was the head CIA chemist, and he kind of headed the program. This man was convinced he would be able to get the job done. Apparently, according to a journalist named Stephen Kinzer, who looked into this, says that Gottlieb wanted to create a way to seize control of people's minds, and he realized it was a two-part process. First, you had to blast away the existing mind. Then you had to find a way to insert a new mind into that void. This man had no supervision while working on the project. He could take people from all over the world and put them through the most extreme conditions in order to destroy their minds. And that was his goal, was to basically break your mind down to a point to where he could just insert an entirely new mind and control you with it. Overall, the project itself was extremely huge. And it wasn't just one single project. Like, they didn't just work on drug versions of it. They had roughly 162 different secret projects. These projects were cut up between different people and different universities. Which kind of going to the Bob Lazar style of tactics there is kind of smart because they could isolate each individual group and most of them didn't even know that they were working for the CIA to begin with. They just thought, hey, here's a new study to take part in. They would, you know, one university or person would w look at this version of it. Uh, somebody over here would be working on a different version and then they would take that data and compile it into one. Sneaky. It was. It is very, very sneaky. Sneaky son. In all, there were eighty institutions and over a hundred and eighty-five researchers working on this project. Hell, they even tried hiring a fucking magician to teach people how to do tricks with pills. So basically, I when I read that, I assume that it was like a sleight of hand getting a pill into somebody's drink without them noticing which is rather, it's just really <laughs> fucking strange to hear that. They're just trying different avenues. Yeah, they they are. 
They then took this project and began to test it on unwilling and unknowing subjects. It's reported they tested it on thousands of Americans without them knowing, at the same time gathering information about them without any type of permission. This project was kept extremely secret, knowing that if the American people found out, they wouldn't be happy about it at all. The CIA gave themselves the permission to do this. So they started with drugs, and they used these drugs to see if they could make hypnosis hypnosis easier and also see if people could withstand things easier, such as torture. They even wanted to see if they could somehow create a type of amnesia from it. They also began to venture into electroshock therapy, hypnosis, polygraphs, radiation testing, toxins, and other chemicals. And with all that being said, when it goes into electroshock and radiation and toxins and stuff, not surprising, but terrifying, the CIA actually picked up where the Nazis left off. Because Nazis were apparently working on a type of MKUltra. Which, it's not that surprising because Nazis were doing all types of shit over there with chemicals and God knows what else they were doing. But they actually hired Nazis to come over and advise them on things that they were working on in the concentration camps. While this was going on, they had detention centers throughout Europe and East Asia. Namely in Japan, Germany, and the Philippines. Here they didn't have to worry about any of the legal obligations that they would in the United States. This is where they would focus on the electric shock, extreme temperatures, sensory isolation, any tactic that they could come up with to break the human mind. And the types of people that they would do this stuff to would be more or less what you would call your low desirable people. So your junkies, sex workers, terminal cancer patients. Disposable for lack of a better term. Yes, yes. Some people, they actually had some people volunteer for it. And some of them, apparently, they would uh, suggest and push them into volunteering. So I'm sure they had something on them to make them volunteer. Some reports are it even being done to mentally impaired boys at a state school. Even our own soldiers, which I could definitely see some of our own soldiers doing it with the idea like, oh, I'm going to do this to better defend our country and yada, 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 whatever they would use to brainwash people into doing that. I did find an account of a man by the name of Whitey Bulger. He was apparently doing time at the Atlanta Penitentiary. He volunteered to take part in this program because they told him it was a trial aimed at finding a cure for schizophrenia. So he's like, yeah, I'll go ahead and volunteer for this because I'm sure I I didn't find anything about it, but I'm sure and one could only assume that they were like, hey, if you do this, we'll uh, reduce some time off your sentence. Well, Bulger was given LSD every day for more than a year. He stated that there were eight guys Damn. in a room and they were all basically going insane. Seeing things that weren't there, like blood running down the walls. Guys wouldn't eat. They would be extremely paranoid at times and at other times they would be extremely violent. After he realized what was going on and I guess he had gotten out, he told his buddies he was going to find the doctor that did this to him and kill him. But I don't think that he ever pulled that off. Nevertheless. Shitty LSD. Yeah, nevertheless. I don't know the difference between good LSD and shitty LSD. Yeah, me neither. But nevertheless, I could understand his position on the situation. It It would fucking piss me off, too. Yeah, it's fucked up. In 1995, there was a group of people that came forward. And apparently, these people, which during the time of testing, they would have been children. So they were testing this shit on children. They actually ended up testifying, saying that they were drugged, hypnotized. They had joints dislocated, suffered sexual abuse, and they were even put through radiation experiments. 
it may have even created the Unabomber. Oh. A, a man by the name of Henry Murray was a professor at Harvard University. He developed tests to screen soldiers, conducted tests on brainwashing, and was seeing how well they could withstand interrogations. So he was basically pushing these guys to their mental breaking point. Well, Murray then decided to go ahead and conduct these experiments on his undergraduates, 22 in total, and one of them was Theodore Kaczynski. So weird. Is it possible that through this type of alteration, he unknowingly created the Unabomber? It's right. It's it's pretty fucking strange. Because Kaczynski definitely did not like the government, and he didn't like he just kind of hid. I wonder how close that was from the time he was given the LSD till the time he went all bomby. <laughs> I don't know, man, but <laughs> it it is a very odd coincidence. Coincidence, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they like I said, they literally could have made the Unabomber. What a coincidence. In the case of LSD, the agency said it could be... They were convinced it was possibly useful in gaining control over people, whether they're willing or not. And you can imagine the things that they were dreaming of to use this type of control. I mean, they you find it. They One of their main goals was assassinations. Basically, creating mentoring candidates. In 1957, the Inspector General for the CIA wrote, Precautions must be taken not only to protect operations from exposure to enemy enemy forces, but to also conceal these activities from the American public in general. The knowledge that the agency is engaging in unethical and illicit activities would have serious repercussions in political and diplomatic circles and would be detrimental to the accomplishment of its mission. Fuck yeah, it would. So he, I mean, they are acknowledging that if this gets out, shit is going to hit the fan. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. And they went ahead and did it anyways. Yeah, they're like, you know what? That's a risk we're willing to take. Right, because this is too important. Because we need to use all this LSD before the Soviet Union buys it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like right there, just that right there tells me, I mean, how are there people out there that are just like, I totally believe the government. They wouldn't do anything like this. Even though these <laughs> documents are released, it is a well-known fact that it's public knowledge now that MK Ultra actually happened. But it just goes to show that if they think it's for the betterment of the country, they'll do whatever they want. They don't give a fuck. Breaking laws or rules or not, they said, fuck it. It's way too important. We're going to go ahead and do it. They were going to push all moral obligations and everything else aside and just say, let's run with it, boys. Fuck it. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. Let's try it. The CIA would then start to conduct small experiments on single targets, mostly volunteers, and sometimes they would even slip LSD in the drinks of unaware CIA employees. Dude, it's... (laughs) Isn't that fucking crazy? You're just at work doing your shit, and somebody's like, hey, let's see what happens when we give it to Steve. 
I just put it in his fucking coffee. <laughs> just let it ride. Steve's, Steve's been drinking Monster all day. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> fucking perfect. What? Oh, man. Yeah. What shady shit? Like, I'm never taking a job with the government unless I get to work on the X-Files. Dude, it gets even fucking weirder. Here's where it gets... It's fucking so strange. So over time, they decided to get a little more creative. And they started an operation... And its name was Operation Midnight Climax. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out what the fuck's about to happen. So, in order to cope with the drugs and everything, the CIA brought in a man named George White. And he was brought in to help with the project because he actually worked for the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. So, they assumed he knew a little bit more on LSD and narcotics in general. So they brought him in to help. So uh, old Georgie, he decides he's going to get a room on 255 Chestnut Street in San Francisco. George began to decorate the room and fit it with a certain flair, a little bit of an image. He then brought in a Berkeley engineering student to install bugging equipment and a two-way mirror. Old Georgie then took a seat, grabbed a martini, and waited. Prostitutes would bring Johns in and slip them a dose of LST. Pervo George would then kick back, sip on his martini, and watch as the women would do their thing with the men. And he would also record everything that happened that night. He would pay the women and give them a promise that if law enforcement ever showed up, he would handle them in order to keep the business safe. So he'd just make law enforcement go away while he got his jollies off, basically watching uh, live um, feed porn. Midnight climax. Yeah. And basically, <laughs> I mean, from what I gathered, there was no information really like <laughs> fruitful of this operation other than the fact that this dude got to venture into voyeurism <laughs> and, hang, and hang out, dude. I mean, that's literally all it was. Like, he saw an opportunity to be a grade-A pervert and get paid for it. <laughs> and he's like, dude, I'm in. Like, what more convincing do I need here? It's so fucking weird. What a job. Dude, it's so fucking weird. What a job. Yeah, and then in 1973, I guess it started to kind of trickle out into the public. So Gottlieb, the, the head chemist there of the CIA... He was like, yeah, uh, boys, I think it's time we start doing some damage control. So he ordered that all the information was to be destroyed on MKUltra. Well, apparently, <laughs> thank God for fucking lazy people and dumb people, because apparently somebody misfiled 8,000 pages of MKUltra in the wrong section of the warehouse. <clears throat> so you had... You had all this, which, I mean, that was like a fraction. Damn. The 8,000 pages was a fraction of the notes. but they So they went ahead and they purged probably, I'm assuming, a good 95% of MKUltra and it's... Tom, you had one fucking job, yeah, and that but, was to file the MKUltra papers correctly. Yeah, but because somebody didn't, there were approximately 8,000 pages that got out. Most of them were financial records so they weren't that revealing but like I said, like I said it was all because it was misplaced in the archives that was the reason why it all got out oops can you yep. imagine if that was still under wraps oh man well I think that we would all be on LSD right now I legitimately think that the project is still continuing oh it's probably to an extent it's probably upgraded itself <coughs> so much now. I think so um, but in 1977 they had hearings investigating the project Congress brought in a host of ex-CIA employees for questioning they wanted to know who was in charge how people were picked and if any other programs like this were still going on they discovered a few things in this process like a military scientist who jumped out a window after unknowingly taking LSD. 
But overall, Congress kept getting caught up. Ironically enough, the CIA members who were called in for questioning, quote-unquote, couldn't remember details. Probably because they've been doing so much fucking LSD. It is possible. It makes you wonder. Which is just a weird end to the story. Was it just them covering their own asses? Or did they actually stumble onto something that could have made these people forget? You know, did they perfect it? Or were the, were the CIA guys just like, yeah, fuck that. I ain't talking about this. Yeah. Which I, I could see it going either way, honestly. Espe- yeah, especially like you don't want to fuck with the CIA. They make people disappear. They'll torture exactly. you. Like if you're supposed to be in the end and then you're selling out the end, you're sh- fucked. bad shit's going to happen. Yeah, you're fucked. But that that was the what I majority found on the MK Ultra. But I wanted to take a look into this because you look at current times. You know, you look at everything that's going on in the world. You know, we I sit back and I watch the way people talk to each other, the way we jump so fast to what we're being told. I kind of feel like the word mind control is subtracted from the equation and suggestion is now inserted in in mind control's place. So I, I say that in the context of, like, I believe that mind control isn't what you would at first image mind control being, like a, I implant a device into Steve's brain and I can make him do cartwheels down the, the, the road for six miles. Whoa, I can't do a cartwheel at all. <laughs> well, just an Not example. Not from lack of trying. It's just an example. <laughs> but, you know, you think about it like, uh, what's it, like, okay, gun control. When, when is the times they push gun, gun control the hardest? Well, after a shooting happens. And they do it whenever everybody's emotions are at the highest. They see an opportunity to suggest or influence people to their agenda. They know that people high on emotion don't always make the most rational decisions whether whether you're for or against gun control is 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 besides the point in this argument but they they just use instances like that to fuel their fire so to oh speak. absolutely the same way with like 9-11 exactly yeah yeah the, you know, on september 12th 2001 you wouldn't have found you couldn't have found probably one person in the united states that wasn't patriotic to the fucking brim yeah exactly and then and then what they push down our throats there they push the patriot act in which come to find out ends up being extremely detrimental to the american public because now they can all they have to do is label you as a terrorist and they can tear apart your life and then on top of all of that i feel like we're moving so fast in our day-to-day lives that we allow things like social media which i completely believe is the devil do the thinking for us. You know, I think one of the worst things out there is how they allow news sources and some journalists and stuff to make these these uh, crazy-ass headlines to catch people's attention. I mean, just... just Clickbait. Yes. You know you know what it is. It, it could be anything. I really don't want to give an example and get crazy political but you can imagine the examples that i would give and say you read it and you're like oh fuck most people how how many people do you think actually go on to end up reading the article <laughs> exactly you don't even need exactly yeah maybe 10 percent. so all they have to do is suggest in the headline the narration of of the article and people just run with it like it's wildfire they're like yep I knew it. Steve, Steve's an asshole. It's 100% proven. <laughs> Can it confirm. says it in the headline. Can confirm. You don't have to read the article. Exactly. I am an asshole. Well, see, I'm, that's <laughs> what I mean. And then on top of that, we we allow our phones to listen and talking to us, or listen to us talk, and the next thing you know, there's ads popping up on your phone or on your social media or wherever it is. And there's an influence tactic. There, it's been proven that they create apps and social media and everything to to work with the impulsive parts of our brain. We don't even know it's happening because they know how to tap into that impulsive part of our brains. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, like in the 1950s when this was going on, like, America was legitimately worried about being wiretapped or the government listening through your television and shit like that. Now, today, fuck, we got Alexa. Hey. Yeah, it's actually you listen, you listen doing to it. what the fuck I'm saying? Because if you think she's only listening to you when you ask her to listen, you're naive. Oh, yeah, and they've basically, they've said it without saying it that those devices record 24-7. They record it. Because they've tried subpoenaing, subpoenaing them in murder cases before. And now we just bring, we're like, oh, well, my great grand or my grandparents were worried that the government was listening to us on devices, but now I can pay seventy nine ninety nine for the government to <laughs> listen to us on <laughs> to a device. actually do it. I don't know if that's how much an Alexa costs because I don't have one or whatever the fuck those are called. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, if you sit back and think about it, I think there are many forms of mind control that are in our day-to-day lives. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, I don't, I don't think that it ended Market, with MK Ultra. Marketing is mind control. Absolutely, that's what I mean. I, I worked for a beverage company that is not Coca-Cola. Yeah, it's but Pepsi. It like it. I'll fucking say it. It's Pepsi. And they use so many tactics to corner markets. Like, they will make cans slimmer... To appear to women. Don't ask me why it's like that, but those are the marketing tactics they use. A taller, slimmer can appeals more to women than a big old 40-ounce appeals to a man. Like, there's, it it goes so far beyond LSD dosage to things that you wouldn't even think of in your your daily goings-on. Oh, yeah, I could tell you some shit from some of the meetings that would probably get Pepsi in a fuckload of trouble. Yeah. Pepsi sucks anyway. It does fucking suck, so I really don't give a shit. Like where, where we should put the crush products at? Oh yeah, that's. You, I don't know if you had did cultural you ha- marketing. Did, yeah, did you have that meeting yeah, too? It's, oh it's, yeah, they they don't hold back. No, they're pretty fucking lame. They yeah. treated us like dog shit. So here's yeah, returning the favor. Whatever, fuck them. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I, that's that's what drew me to this is just I got you get to thinking about today's environments and i mean i've always made it well known that i fucking hate facebook but like there was something that i heard a while ago which i think kind of for me is proof is in the pudding some of us remember when myspace was big and it was pretty big and then facebook started knocking at the door the good old days yeah the good old days Facebook started knocking at the door, and I heard, now it's rumors to the grapevine, that what happened to MySpace was almost a governmental deal there because the government came in, and and they, at the time they were supposedly running this program called Operation LifeLog or some bullshit like that, which was is basically what social media is doing. But uh, nevertheless, they wanted access to MySpace. They wanted to be able to to come in and leave back doors and and basically collect information from people. And MySpace was like, "Nah, that's pretty fucking shady." Yeah, I don't think I'm good with that. Well, supposedly, Facebook went ahead and said, "Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it, bro." And then overnight, who's the biggest fucking social media platform <laughs> like, on the planet? What's a what's a MySpace? Exactly. That's basically what happened overnight. And I've even, I think I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it, about this little happenstance. Fucking Zuckerberg. So it's, I just, and, and then the other thing I was thinking about the other day, because my wife, I don't have Facebook. So, and I, I don't, I don't know how all you people listening can do it. I don't understand how you function on a day to day level like listening to all the hatred and just chaos on these on these platforms i can't do it because she'll tell me about it and i start getting stressed and i'm like you're just gonna have to quit because i can't handle this like i have instagram my personal instagram is guns cars pretty ladies and some of my friends and if you come spewing any dog shit on there you just get deleted i don't like that's my little it's, zen time. That's it's a it's a war zone on Facebook and yeah, that's like we what don't I mean we don't get political on here because we feel like this should be a break from your absolutely your politics. absolutely. But when it comes time, it's getting close to November. P 
people are out of their fucking minds. It's it's I cannot believe. I just side can't note. Speaking of it. Zuckerberg, he is now a centibillionaire. His fortune on Thursday passed one hundred billion dollars for the first time. Why one human being on the planet needs one hundred billion dollars is beyond me. That dude's a fucking robot anyways. Yeah, he don't know how to drink water good. <laughs> Did you see those pictures of him when he was surfing? No. <laughs> His whole face was covered in uh, sunscreen. Well, he didn't want to get a burn. <laughs> it was awesome. He didn't want to get a burn. But I, it got me thinking here, and I said something to my wife about it, but I would like, and I know one of our listeners will do it, Baby D will do it, and then I'm pretty sure he's done it before, but I'm curious. If anybody, if anybody else out there would be willing, but for it's for the hardcore people. So, is there anybody out there willing to take a break from social media for a week or two, and then come back and tell tell us how you honestly feel? Just, just, I just am curious because I, when I cut that part of the world, I don't listen. I get, I get so close sometimes, but that's a big part of how I interact with people. Yeah, I mean, I podcast, understand that and sometimes you guys are the only thread keeping me connected to Facebook. Right. It is such just a cesspool of dipshits. Yeah, all I have is Instagram. No Facebook people that listen to us. We like you. All I have is Instagram, and it's basically like a, a picture book for adults. That's all it is. I don't read shit. I just look at cool pictures, and I'm like, hey, that looks cool. I like that. I like that gun. That's awesome. I like that car. So, but I, it would just be... Because I don't even listen. I don't watch the news. I don't. I don't listen to any of that shit. I just don't do it. I listen to word of mouth. Like Steve will tell me about something he's seen, and I'm like, "Well, that's fucking crazy." So I, and I don't buy in the fear mongering. I kind of, I kind of will look at a situation, and Steve does it too. And I, I'll feed him shit. I'll be like, "Man, did you hear about this, Steve?" And yeah. he'll be like, well, "I don't know." Like that's what I appreciate about Steve and me is that. We kind of formulate our own truth. We kind of read between the lines and kind of go with what our gut tells us is actually saying versus reading the headline and be like, oh, shit, the world's getting hit by an asteroid tomorrow. <laughs> Fucking knew it. Here we go. You know, but I would just be curious if there's anybody out there. I'm not saying you put us on the back burner, but I'm just saying take a break from the noise. You all know what the noise is. Take a break from it for a little bit. Tell me how you feel. I'm just curious if anybody would be willing to do that. If not, I get it. I mean, like I said, it's sometimes that shit is like a drug. Because I, I play a couple games on my phone, and I just find myself keep going back to it. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I kind of get it. I'm just not in constant arguments with people. Oh, it is. It's... And if you think about it from a conspiracy standpoint, that that's part of the fucking plan is to keep us all at each other's throats so they can just fucking truck us every which way. It's it's a cesspool. Dude, it's horrible out there. I'm I'm so tired of mean people. I just I don't understand why everybody just can't be cool. Let's all uh throw a couple back and go look for Bigfoots and aliens. Hell yeah. Uh before we end the episode, I want to rewind it. Kyle had mentioned in uh, his investigation there about a man who jumped out of a window. Yes, the military. While using, while unsuspectingly being dosed with LSD. As I was looking, because as, like when we flip off, <laughs> not like a middle finger, but <laughs> when we switch back and forth on uh, episodes, like Kyle will pick one, one for one week and I'll pick one for the next week. As Kyle picks his, I just kind of scroll through some of the information and kind of feed off of it as we go. The man that jumped, in quotation, out the window is named Frank Olson. And I watched a documentary a little while back. It's a miniseries on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on there, called Wormwood, and it's based on his death. So if you guys want to check that out, you should definitely look into it. It is bizarre to say the least. I've heard about that documentary. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it. Yeah, I'll give you a little rundown on Frank Olson. He was an American back bacteriologist and a biological warfare scientist, Fucking an employee great. for the United States Army Biological Warfare Laboratories. Let's give this guy LSD. Yeah. So they first the government first described his death as a suicide. Then they leaned away from suicide, and they're like, it was just you know a misadventure. He just stumbled out a window. Oh. Until. 
his family started digging into it and project or MK ultra came out and they learned about dosing and it was just crazy. He, uh, was a captain on the U S or of the U S army chemical Corps. Like I said, he worked for the biological warfare, uh, laboratory. Um, he was appointed to the committee for a project called project artichoke, which is an experimental CIA interrogation pro or program. Weird. Yeah. Sounds very in line with MK Ultra. Project Artichoke, also referred to as Operation Artichoke, was the CIA project that reached interrogation methods. Preceded by Project Bluebird, Artichoke officially arose on August 20th, 1951. Was operated by the CIA's Office of Intelligence. Um, project, the primary goal was to determine whether a person could be involuntarily made to perform an act of attempted assassination. The project uh, also studied hypnosis, forced morphine addiction, and subsequently forced withdrawal. The use of other chemicals, including LSD, to produce amnesia and vulnerable 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 yeah. states uh, in the subjects. Uh, product artichoke was basically the precursor to MK Ultra. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds identical to MK Ultra. Yeah, it was the precursor to so MK cool. Ultra. Cool. I mean, if you if you look at that alone, that's saying, hey, here's the actual stats on MK Ultra. Even though prior to MK Ultra, it was a different name, so technically we don't have to divulge that information. Yeah. He so was, the project's still running. It's probably just under a different fucking name now. He had his hands in all different aspects of the military. He was an army contractor. He was uh, appointed the head specialist or special operations divisions, but he stepped down. Um, in February of 1953, two captured American pilots claimed that U.S. was conducting germ warfare against North Korea. Other captured pirate or pilots, which I talked about, those yeah, guys exactly. This is what led to him getting suicided yeah, that's not surprising so to speak he had went um to the uk and he had home movies from the trip he traveled from paris to stockholm to london to berlin upon his return everybody said that he was he had changed something had happened over there and he'd been completely changed according to a co-worker he had witnessed interrogations in europe and became convinced the united states had used biological weapons in the korean war also, Olson was also reportedly upset to see having seen people killed during interrogations. Crazy, right? Yeah, I heard that during this MK Ultra, there were a lot of fatalities. Yeah. So he was so stressed out about it, they decided to send him to a retreat at Deep Creek Lake on November 18th to November 20th, 1953. There were 11 names sent, and Frank Olson was one of them. Uh, while on the Thursday evening, about 7.30, Olson and some of the other patients were drugged with a potential truth serum, decades later reported to be LSD. Dope. Yeah. Literally. So he was all worried and worried that his wife and his kids were going to get killed. He's afraid that they were going to get hurt. Well, he eventually stepped down from all of his shit in the CIA. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to back out. He called his wife and he's like, you know what? Everything's going to be fine. And then November 28th happened around 2 a.m. in the morning, November 28th, 1953. Olson plummeted on the sidewalk in front of the hotel Statler. The night manager rushed to Olson, who was still alive, who tried to mumble something, but then died before medical help could arrive. Years later, the night manager recalled, in all my years in the hotel business, I've never encountered a case where someone got up in the middle of the night, ran across a dark room in his underwear, avoiding two beds, and dove through a closed window with the shades and curtain draw. That's so fucking he just weird. jumped up and ran the fuck out the window. Well, on top of that, you, you, you back it up a minute there where he's... He's like, yeah, I'm getting out of this because I fear for my family and this, that, and When that happens in your life, that's when you know you're way over your fucking head. Yep. When does it ever go good when a guy in any story makes that kind of statement? Yeah. It never does. You have to make that decision. Like, yeah. oh, fuck. Yeah, like this is starting to get pretty fucking sketchy. When the police were called, they found Robert Lashbrook, who is a colleague of... 
Olsen's, sitting on the toilet in the room he shared with Olsen. He was also <laughs> splitting the room. The hotel switchboard operator reported having connected a call from the room to a number listed as be- belonging to Dr. Harold Abramson. According to the operator who overheard the entirety of the brief call, the occupant in 10 or 1018A reported, well, he's gone, to which the call's recipient had replied, well, that's too bad. Lashbrook's wallet contained the initials, address, and phone number of a magician turned CIA asset, John Mulholland. Told us so. Lashbrook claimed he and Olson had visited Mulholland, although this is disputed by some author, yada, yada, yada. I'm getting all my information from Wikipedia here. I just wanted to share it with you guys. At the scene and written in the report, two police officers discussed similarities to a 1948 suicide in which a high-level government official suspected of espionage died after plummeting from his New York office. Uh, Olson's family had told friends that he had a nervous breakdown, which resulted in the fall. The family had no knowledge of the specific details surrounding the tragedy until the Rockefeller Commission uncovered some of the CIA's MK Ultra activities in 1975. That year, the government had admitted that Olson had been dosed with LSD without his knowledge nine days earlier. After the family announced they planned to sue the agency over Olson's wrongful death, the government offered them an out-of-court settlement of $1,250,000. Which they accepted, which was later reduced to $750,000. Cool. But they did get an apology from Gerald Ford and CIA Director William Colby. Well, at least apologies make everything better. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be fine. Yeah, we're sorry. It's going to be fine. Dicks. Um, some more conspiracy to add to it. Uh, 1994... Olson had his or Eric Olson had his father's body exhumed to be buried with his mother. The family decided to have a second autopsy. The nineteen fifty three medical report completed immediately after Olson's death indicated that there were cuts and abrasions on the body. Theories that sparked about Olson having been assassinated by the CIA led to a second autopsy being performed by James Starr, professor of law and forensic science at George Washington University National Law Center. His team searched the body for any cuts and abrasions and found none. Though they did find a large hematoma on the left side of Olson's head and a large injury on his chest. Most of the team concluded that the blunt force trauma to the head and the injury on the chest had not occurred during the fall, but most likely uh, before the fall. They said that the evidence that was collected was rankly and starkly suggestive of a homicide, not a suicide. In 1996, Eric Olson approached the U.S. District Attorney in Manhattan, uh, Robert Morgenthau, to see if the office would open a new investigation. Um, A couple officers of the cold case unit collected preliminary information, including a deposition of Lashbrook, but concluded there was no compelling case to send to a grand jury. Canadian historian Michael Ingniff wrote the New York Times Magazine, an account of the... Olson's son's decade-long campaign to clear his father's name. Eric Olson asserts that forensic evidence of death is suggested of a method used by the CIA found in the first manual of assassination that says the most efficient accident in simple assassinations is a fall from 75 feet or more to a hard surface. There you go. Ding. So, yeah, I just thought I should have a little tidbit. Dude got jacked. Check out the Wormwood documentary miniseries on Netflix if it's still there. I watched it. It's pretty interesting. So, that uh probably about sums her up for the, this evening on the presentation of MK Ultra. Oh, shit. I was going to talk about this. I also started seeing some uh, shit on social media that Britney Spears might be. MK Ultra. MK Ultra. So I've been hearing about that for a minute, and like, the fact that she's a clone. She could be a clone. They showed pictures of her. She doesn't look the same, but I don't look the it same. It is fucking I did weird. In 1998, either. We might do an episode on it. Yeah. So that wraps up our little look into MK Ultra. Check us out at all our social medias, unless you don't want to, because it's controlling you. It is. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast and we'll be there. Come over and hang out with us. Drink our Kool-Aid. Yeah. Spread the Hollow Sky virus. Until we meet again, stay safe, stay weird, and uh, hashtag free Britney. Look it up.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 